Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Daniel Nevins, and today we'll be studying the Sechet Yoma, Tet, Amid Aleph, and Amid Bet, pages 9 and 9a and b. Yesterday, uh, Daf Chet, page 8, ended with a discussion of Parhedrin, the Mishnah's word for the residence used by the high priest in the week leading up to Yom Kippur. This word was determined to be a mildly derogatory term, given that the office of the Kohen Gadol had become available for purchase during the Second Temple, and was thus referred to as being like a common tax farmer. With this backdrop, Daf Tet will focus on the degradation of priestly leadership that led to the successive destruction of three Israelite temples, the cultic shrine of Shiloh, and then the first and second temples in Jerusalem. We begin near the top of 9a with a comment by Rabbah Bar Barchana in the name of Rabbi Yochanan on a verse in Proverbs 10.27, Yirat Hashem Tosif Yamim, Ushnot Vishayim Tiksorna. Reverence for the Lord will extend one's days. The years of the wicked will be abbreviated. The first half of the verse, he says, refers to the first temple, which over the course of 410 years was led by only 18 high priests. The second temple lasted, lasted 420 years, but it was served by over 300 high priests. Since three of the best priests lasted longer terms, the average was just a year in office, which accords with the explanation of Parhedrin that this exalted office became a revolving door. Next, we consider the fall of the first major shrine in Israel, the northern cultic center in Shiloh, which is discussed at the beginning of the book of Samuel. There we learn that when the priest Eli grew old, his sons abused their office. Rabbi Yochanan ben Torta says that they were guilty of two crimes, sexual immorality and sacrificial malpractice. About the former, there is some debate. They may have slept with women at the entrance to the shrine, or perhaps they just kept them waiting too long. About the sacrifices, the Bible itself tells us that before the fat was consumed on the altar, the young priests would come and claim meat for their own meals, saying, We want the meat fresh, not cooked, and we want it now. Give it to us, or we'll take it by force. This understandably upset those bringing the sacrifice, and was, of course, disrespectful of God. Thus was Shiloh doomed. Next comes a long and very famous discussion of the destruction of the two temples. The Talmud states that the first temple, built by Solomon, was destroyed because of three cardinal sins of of Judaism, idolatry, sexual immorality, and bloodshed, that all occurred within its precincts. To build this case, the sages interpret verses from Isaiah and Psalms. But the second temple, we are told, was not stained by these sins. Indeed, the people there studied Torah, did mitzvot, and even practiced chesed or kindness. But nevertheless, these sages claim, the second temple was destroyed for just one sin, sinat chinam, or causeless hatred among Jewish groups. 
This claim, which is not substantiated here, does resonate with what we know about the sectarian divisions of the Second Temple period. Moreover, it has stood as a sober reminder for the past two millennia of the dangers of internal discord among the Jews. On page 9b, we continue with the speculative discussion of the relative merits of the First and Second Temple periods. On the one hand, the sins of the First Temple and the impending destruction were spelled out by the prophets, but then again, they also gave promise of the, of the restoration. The Second Temple's sins were not spelled out, but neither was there any promise of rapid restoration. Well, which sins were worse? Rabbi Elazar says the obvious. Just look at the city of Jerusalem. It's still lying in ruins more than a century after the Romans destroyed it. Clearly, the Second Temple was worse. Page 9 ends with a bizarre story about Reish Lakish, who is seen swimming in the Jordan River. A younger Babylonian rabbi, Rabba Bar Barchana, the same rabbi who opened our daf, comes by and offers to help him out of the river. Reish Lakish swears an oath, citing and explaining a verse from Song of Songs, and says that he hates the Babylonian Jews, whose delay in returning to Israel prevented the full restoration. This seems quite unfair, somewhat like Israeli Jews who welcome American visitors with provocative statements asking why they live in exile. I wonder whether this story is offered as an example of Sinat Chinam, of causeless hatred. Perhaps unconsciously it is, but the text goes in a different direction, explaining that the second temple never matched the first. In the first there were prophets, but in the second there was only ever a bat kol, an echo of divine voice. The Talmud questions aspects of the Reish Lakish story. Would he really have deigned to speak with such a junior colleague? But it ends on an interesting note that even if every Jew had left Babel in the times of Ezra, the Shekhinah, or Divine Presence, would never have dwelled in the Second Temple. We will return to this claim tomorrow on Daf Yud. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead. Available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.